The Cincinnati Reds are packing the Dayton Dragons roster with top prospects in the organization, including Ellie De La Cruz. We tell you why your expectations may need to be tempered, at least in the early going, for De La Cruz in Dayton. And we look at some other huge names that will be playing for the Dragons early in 2022. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Hi, I'm Jeff Carr, and alongside Stephen Offenbaker, who will join me with Tom Nichols, voice of the Dayton Dragons. You can hear him on play-by-play broadcasts on radio for the Dayton Dragons baseball team. We are talking about the prospects that you will see in Dayton. Thank you so much for checking out the Locked On Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Me and Steve have both podcasted about the Cincinnati Reds going into our fourth season now covering this team. We've turned an addiction into daily information for you. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. All right, this will be an awesome conversation with Tom Nichols as we will do this on a monthly basis. This is the Tom Nichols Report on Locked On Reds. All right, it is awesome to be here today for the first iteration of the Tom Nichols Report. Once a month, we're going to meet with Tom and we're going to talk about everything going on in the Reds farm system. And it's going to be a busy year because there's a lot of great talent that's moving through the system. But of course, we've got to start off with what's coming to Dayton because it seems like an all-star studded lineup or at least future all-stars. Anyway, <laughs> hopefully. Um, Tom, I know that we've got Ellie De La Cruz coming. There's got to be a lot more to that. though. You know, I... First of all, let me say thank you for having us. Welcome yeah, to Dayton Ballpark here in, here in Dayton. And we're, we're in the heart of the Water Street District. We're glad to have you here and, and uh, look forward to working with you. Um, six out of the top 17 on MLB.com coming to Dayton. But that really doesn't tell the whole story. Because what you need to know is that's a really strong top 20, top 25. I looked at... I looked at the list last year, and I said, this thing just falls off the table when you get past about number 18, number 20. It is a deep group with talent in the red system all the way to about 35 to 40 right now. I mean, you've got guys in the 30s that other years would have been in the teens in terms of the rankings. Um, And so I'm happy. The group we have coming in, I'm really happy with. We can talk about individuals if you'd want. One guy we've got coming, it looks like, uh, is Connor Phillips. The pitcher that they just picked up is the player to be named later in the Winker trade. Um, so he's coming here. I didn't think he would because I looked at the rotation. I said it's it's full. But we've got a couple of guys that, I, as we record this interview, I'm not sure their status, but they're not coming here. And that's uh, Bryce Bonin and Christian Roa, uh, who are starting pitchers, second and third round picks. And uh, maybe by the time this actually airs, there will be some light shed. I, they, I'm not, I don't really want to speculate other than the fact that they're not in our club. I don't think they're on any other roster in the system right now. So that tells me there's probably an injury involved, but again, no, no speculation for me. Um, and uh, we'll see how that goes in the next few days. But if you want to talk about individuals, we can do that. And then we can also branch out and talk about some of the 
other uh, prospects within the system. Well, let's look at the the six of the top 17 that you just yeah. mentioned. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, as this is uh, being released, not when we're recording, but as this is being released, uh, that information should be hitting the public today. Uh, and uh, let's run through those names real quick. We know that Ellie De La Cruz is one of those names. We know that Connor Phillips is one of those names. Who else do we have coming? Well, let's go through some of those, like you say. Now, um, let's start with De La Cruz a little bit because... None of us have seen him play. Uh, you know, he has come out of absolute nowhere. Um, you don't see that very often. You'll see players have big years that come out of nowhere. But, but for example, last year with the Dragons, we had an undrafted, nobody knew who he was, second baseman by the name of Francisco Urbias that came in, was going to win the batting title in this league. The Reds moved him up to Chattanooga but a few games before he had enough at-bats to qualify for the batting title. Otherwise, he wins the batting title as an absolute nobody coming into the season. That occasionally will happen. But what you don't see is guys who jump from not being on the prospect list to being near the top of the prospect list in one year. The reason you don't see it is tools are what, they, are, are what create prospect lists, and guys' tools don't change that much. Urbias had a great year, but he's not on the prospect list, is my point. Um, De La Cruz went from not being on the prospect list to being like in the top five on the prospect list. He just jumped in out of nowhere. Now, what, it, what are his tools? From what I'm told, everything. You know, that's what makes him great is – He's a five-tool player. Somebody told me, a scout told me a couple of days ago, and, I, and when he first said this, I, I really questioned it. We had a player on our club last year that the fans, will, if they follow the minor leagues closely, will know this name, Jacob Herdebees. Jacob Herdebees has rare foot speed. I mean, if you look at a five-year period, he'll probably be your fastest player, typically. He, he, he would be our top five over the last 10 years in terms of speed. You take Billy Hamilton, Jose Siri, he might be number three, okay? Tremendous foot speed, okay? A scout told me De La Cruz, who's six foot five, is faster than Herdebees. That's saying something right there, okay? When I hear those kind of things, you know, I've been doing this for 35 years, so I'm a little skeptical. I say, oh, I want to see this kid play mm -hmm. because I hear those things and I, well, oh, I've heard stuff like that before and it didn't quite turn out. But okay, so he's, he's got great speed. He's got great power. He's an outstanding shortstop at six foot five. So um, he's got a strong arm. So, you know, what does he not do well? Well, at this point, he has a lot of strikeouts. Pitchers at this level will find that weakness. So he will have to adjust. Um, but uh, outstanding all around player. If you look at the list right now, um, you would see him at number three, but ahead of him would be Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. Hunter Green is going to start in the major leagues. As he record this, we think Lodolo also will, but no announcement has been made. So if those two are there, it would mean that De La Cruz would be among players in the minors, number one. The last time the Dragons had a player as the Reds' number one prospect while he was playing in Dayton would have been Homer Bailey in 2005. So you're going back 17 wow. years since the Dayton club had a player who was number one at the time he was here. Now, we had guys who went on later became number ones, like Jay Bruce, Robert Stevenson, et cetera. The last time we had a guy number one while he was with us would have been 2005 Homer Bailey. So that's one guy. That's an interesting guy. All of us are going to enjoy watching him play 
to see what it is that everyone's talking about. No doubt. I can tell you everyone we've talked to that yeah. has seen him has not been disappointed. Right. So it's, it's I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it too, Tom. I made this statement on Twitter the other day and it got picked up by a few people um, that, uh, and this is true, I, I didn't exaggerate this, sort of the, the things that scouts are telling me are amazing to a point that I haven't ever heard anything like this in, in my time in Dayton for a player coming to us out of spring training. Um, I asked a scout the other day, I said, ask 10 scouts who have seen the Reds farm system to pick a, to pick a 2022 Reds minor league player of the year. That was my question. Ask 10 scouts right now. What would you get? He said, you'd probably get seven or eight De La Cruz's and a couple of Matt McLean's, two or three wow. Matt McLean's. Um, and so those two would be the, the two that uh, would, would get the most uh, votes. And so we'll see. I, I, I'm anxious to see him play. You know, one of the things you've always got to keep in mind, uh, and, and I've seen this, you know, I, I, I always worry. You move to a new level, especially a guy who's never played in cold weather. And in the Midwest, we're going to get some, some chilly weather in April. And I mean to tell you, it is cold here right now. Listen, <laughs> I'm a Hawaii dude. Yeah. I've got my coat on. It is cold. So, right, it is. So, you, you start out, you've never played in cold weather. It's not easy to hit in cold weather, even if you have played in cold weather. And if you get off to a slow start and you're a guy that everybody's talking about and you know everybody's talking about you and you still get off to a, close, a, a slow start, then that player's got to be able to reach down and say, I'm not going to let this slow start affect my confidence. I'm not going to put extra pressure on myself. I'm already getting him off to a slow start, which is not, a, not fair on my part. Tempering okay. expectation. Yeah, right. But um, <laughs> if, if it happens, he, I've seen guys come in, all these expectations, and, uh, and, and you put pressure, and, and, then, uh, and then all of a sudden the performance. Now, a, a guy that had the same kind of deal when he came in was Hunter Green. A story of struggle for Hunter Green gives us a peek into how Ellie De La Cruz may perform early on in Dayton. That's coming up in just a moment. But first, I must tell you about the wonders of Built Bar. You got to check out Built Bar today at Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. They've got all kinds of amazing flavors that are made with 100% real chocolate. But of course, we are talking about a protein bar that has the healthy statistics of a middle-of-the-order hitter. Talking about an average of 130 calories, up to 17, sometimes 18 grams of protein. You've also got 4 grams or less of net carbs and 4 grams or less of fat. You should check it out today, Built.com. I'm talking about flavors like Cherry Barcia. There's the puffs that are protein-packed marshmallows. That's right. We got protein in marshmallows now, and it's all at BuiltBar at Built.com. Use that promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order and take your snack game to the major leagues. That's BuiltBar at Built.com with the promo code LOCKED15. Thanks again for making Lockdown Reds your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. On tomorrow's episode, you're not going to want to miss it. We have got a special roundtable episode where... 
Steve and I sit down with the other hosts in the NL Central and break down how we think this year is going to go. Spoiler alert, there was a lot of talk about the Brewers winning the division. That's coming up on tomorrow's Lockdown Reds and really all of the NL Central podcasts as a whole. Around the league, we are doing roundtable episodes previewing each division. You're not going to want to miss that. And the best way to not miss it is to subscribe on any platform, all of your favorite podcasting platforms, and right here on YouTube. All right, back to our conversation with Tom Nichols. Hunter Green came in, again, unbelievable amount of buzz, of course. I'm sitting in my radio booth. It's the day he's making his full-season debut in 2018. It's a day like today, meaning it's a, it's a chilly day. Game-time temperature was probably about 40 and um, and my question I'm wondering about, and not really talking to anyone about it, just thinking about it, is how hard is he really going to throw? Because we'd heard a lot of things, but I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, you know, so-and-so threw 98 out in Arizona, and he gets here, and it's like 93, and he throws the first pitch of the game, and it's 100 miles an hour. And, and so... Um, that was, a, you know, but the problem was he really struggled with us the first month he was with us. Um, and he did maintain a positive attitude. He didn't let it bother him. And it was hard for him. I mean, you had all kinds of media coming for Hunter Green starts who were only with us for one day a week. And that was the day he was pitching. And then he had to, as an 18-year-old kid, face that group of media after having a game that did not go the way anyone might have hoped it would. His, keep in mind, if you look back at the numbers, the day-to-day, his ERA the first week of May in 2018 was over 10. That's into the first week of May. He had to go out there every five days and face the media with games like you would have to have to have an ERA of over 10. Okay? So he, he maintained a positive attitude. And by the time we got into later May, June, he was pretty dominant. And um, and by we got time we got into the first of July, he, he was showing the hunter green that everyone you know hoped they'd they would see. And so it, it was a, a process that took some time with him, and some adjustments had to be made. So the point is, long story short, you have to really be able to face that failure if there is some, and every player will have it. And, and, and go through that and, and not let it take down your competence and, and then start pressing, you know, trying too hard, trying to do things you can't do. So anyway, back to your question. Okay, so we've talked about, now we've got a couple other guys I think most years you would look at and say, that's your star. Mm-hmm. But this year, they're two, three, four, five on the list. Let's go with Matt Nelson, okay? Matt Nelson mm-hmm. is a catcher. Led the entire nation in home runs last year at Florida State. Led the whole country in home runs as Division One. He's our he's our catcher. He's not even the big story. Okay, <laughs> he's our catcher. Supplemental first round draft pick out of a big school, big college program in a great conference. Okay, Reese Hines. Reese Hines, you know, rated by Baseball America as the best power hitter in the Reds farm system as a high school player. He was invited to several national home run derbies. Um, one at, in, in Washington, at the, when the Nationals hosted the All-Star Game, they also had a junior home run derby. Mm-hmm. They invited like 12 high school players in. He was one of them. He finished second to Bobby Witt Jr., lost by one. So 
big time power threat, maybe the best power hitting prospect in the draft in 2019. Where's he's he, on our club. Where's he going to play? I believe the outfield, right field, it looks like. I, I still have to talk to our manager, Brian LaHare, a little bit. But it looks like it certainly it'll be somewhere in the outfield. He's listed as an outfield, okay. not a third I base. I know that and he spent some time working with Eric Davis out in Goodyear and has been taking a lot of reps out there. So it's 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 good to hear they're continuing on with that because I think uh, the infield logjam is going to necessitate yeah. some guys moving to the outfield. So, right, no doubt about it. And that's I think fans have thought about that and realized, you know, they got too many guys for not enough position. So you might see De La Cruz playing some short, some third. The shortstop, Jose Torres, um, most thought he would be, most considered him to be the best defensive shortstop in the entire nation in 2021 when he came out of North Carolina State. Led that team to the College World Series as their shortstop, hit a big home run in the Super Regional that in the ninth inning that won a game for them, got them to the College World Series. Great defensive shortstop. And when he played last year at Daytona, he hit, I mean, he really hit. Um, and so we've got him. So we've got Torres at short, potentially De La Cruz at third. I'm sure De La Cruz will play quite a bit of short as well. Um, so you've got, you've got Nelson, you've got Hines, you've got Torres, De La Cruz. Um, I talked about Connor Phillips. We've got the Reds' second-round draft pick from last year out of the University of Virginia, Andrew Abbott. Um, he was the... Atlantic Coast Conference champion in strikeouts, won, won the strikeout championship. And again, if not the second best, I think everybody would agree the SEC is the best college baseball conference in the nation. After that, ACC could be considered among a couple of others. Um, it's probably close. Anyway, the point is, it's a good baseball conference. Led the conference in strikeouts, second team All American. Second-round draft pick, he's with us, um, along with Connor Phillips. Um, you've also got – here's a guy I'd like to talk about a little bit, James Marinan. James Marinan was picked up in a trade from the Dodgers in 2018. They gave up a reliever, Dylan Floro, who really wasn't with the Reds very long. He went to the Dodgers and did pretty well. Uh, they gave up a major league reliever, got James Marinan back, came to us in 2019, did not have a good year. ERA of over five. 2020, so there's no 2020 season. Mm-hmm. He comes back in 2021. Extended spring training. Doesn't even make a club out of spring training, okay? They send him to Arizona. He's playing in extended spring games. Eventually, they send him on to Daytona. Struggles initially. Better and better and better. We get to September 1st, and they send him to us. Now, we had seen him in 2019. So I knew that Marinan had struggled. And, I, and honestly... I think subconsciously my expectations for his first start were not that high, but he goes out there and just dominates with a fastball about 96, 97, a hammer of a breaking ball, power pitcher. I think he threw six scoreless the first game, struck out nine, if I remember correctly, only go about two hits. The second game was similar, no runs in six innings. So he made two starts at the end, 12 scoreless innings, struck out about 17, I think, over that. And the Reds put him on the 40-man roster. So they protected him. So there's another guy coming here I'm really anxious to see. So you've got Abbott, Phillips, Marinan. Uh, Thomas Farr was a fifth-round pick out of South Carolina last year, um, another starting pitcher. Um, you've got a kid named Joe Boyle out of Notre Dame who throws 100 miles an hour, another interesting case. 
Um, so that's that's some of the group. Uh, Outfield-wise, we've got Alan Serta, who's a power hitter that the Reds put on the 40-man roster. He was in spring training with the Reds. Uh, he's another guy, sort of a borderline top 20. Maybe some would have him in the low 20s. Some might have him in the 17, 18 range in the Red system. But again, it's so deep right now that a guy who's in that 17 to 25 range, most years, that's a, like a 12 to 14. Um, and um, so Serta is another guy that I really like. So we've talked about De La Cruz, Hines, Nelson, Abbott, Phillips, Torres, Serta, Marinin, Boyle. Those are all good prospects that I'm happy to have with our club. And uh, I think the fans will enjoy watching. The Reds have the most hyped player to be named later ever. And we will tell you what to expect from Connor Phillips coming up in just a moment. And when you are looking for what to expect, especially when you're talking about a good wager, check out BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your sports info, news, scores, props, odds, lines, and all that great stuff. BetOnline has you covered. When it comes to baseball season, as there's all kinds of great props and different futures bets you can check out, the Reds win total currently setting at 73.5. I think I might still take the over on that right now, but you got to get it and you got to check it out at bet online and it's more than just baseball they've got basketballs the nba's heading into playoff season the nhl boxing ufc and you can live bet all those games as well as find your favorite vegas casino games all at bet online and you're not going to want to miss all of the great offers that they have for you in season every season really baseball basketball all of that great stuff they've got an offer for you that's bet online Dot net where the game starts. Make sure that you are following us on Twitter. You can follow myself at Jeff Carr with three F's, or you can follow Steve at S Offenbaker, and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds as well. There's also a YouTube page or YouTube page right here. There's also a Facebook page and there's an Instagram page. Just search Locked On Reds. Let's stay with the pitchers for just a minute. And Jeff alluded to this for just a second uh, as he was setting up that last question. But Connor Phillips coming in, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about the pressure that Hunter Green faced when he was here as a number one draft pick and, and so on and so forth. Uh, with with Connor Phillips coming here and as much as both Nick Craw and the Seattle, uh, yeah, Jerry DePaul, kind of hyped this player to be named later right. with Seattle saying, Oh God, I mean, man, this is going to hurt us. We really don't want to give this guy up. And Nick saying, you know, that player that's coming, we really like him. It's so, got to be the most know, hyped player it, to be right, named later. The, ever. The, the expectation was it's it set kind of high. Yeah. So I know you have probably taken a minute or two and, 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 and poked around what you could find on him. So can you tell us a little bit about what we should expect from him as he uh, takes the mound here in Dayton? You know, when, when the, the news broke, I immediately texted one of the scouts that I talked to and I said, I just don't know if we'll get him because he he pitched low A last year. He's got a great arm. Pitched low A last year, and his ERA was in the I think sort of mid fours. Mm-hmm. And and I looked at our rotation. I said, you know, where's there a spot that we when you talk about Abbott and Marinin and Farr? And at that time, I, I again I thought we were getting Roa and Bonin. And as we record this, I'm not sure their status, but they're not coming here. I said, there's not a spot. Um, and 
So he may, maybe he goes back to low A and, and then, so there is now a spot for him. So he might be um, of, of the group, the guy that you look at and you say the potential is there. Uh, he's going to be maybe a little more raw, I think, if you look at what he did. He had a lot of walks last year, and uh, and but he's got this great arm. He's a junior college guy, you know. He's not out of a he, – he's got further to go. He was a junior college guy that they moved along in the Seattle system pretty aggressively. So, you know, he, he doesn't have a three-year background in the ACC – like far and Abbott or four years. Uh, um, and um, so he's got a little further to go, but the potential is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, MLB.com has him at, at uh, number 14 in the red system. That's right behind Abbott, yeah. who was the red second round pick last year and has done absolutely nothing to indicate that it should be lower. So um, those are, the, you, you've got sort of, a variety of types of prospects here. You've got, you've got polished college pitcher, and then you've got unpolished kid with a big arm that's coming in. And and sometimes you you talk about these things, and we'll, we'll, the three of us can get together at the end of the season and say, you know, what we knew going in and what things looked like coming out were a whole lot different. So right. um, I right. found it interesting yeah. just how fast Nick Crawl proclaimed he was coming to date and he's coming to this level you know, when you when you look at uh philip's season last year as you as you kind of mentioned you know he made 16 starts at modesto he got one start at high a at everett and 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 you're and you're spot on with the numbers you cited from his his low a performance so uh, i was kind of interested at in how the placement was going to be but i did find it i'm mean, just a little curious at just how fast nick crawl came out and said what they were going to do with him and i think maybe that also uh goes back to that hype a little bit. He didn't want to leave him twisting. He didn't want to leave any room for questioning. He just proclaimed it already. So, you know, I'm excited to see what he does up here uh, with you guys because, uh, you know, when we talked about him last week on the podcast, uh, you know, huge upside. This right. is one of those guys with huge upside. And and there seems to be a lot of people we talk about nowadays in this minor league system that we start the conversation with, wow, huge upside. No doubt about it. And, you know, I, I always, when I, look at where players are started out of spring training. There's about three or four guidelines that you, you look at. Um, number, the, the, the guys that are the top prospects, you sort of build your rosters from the inside out around those guys. In other words, let's take Matt McClain, for example, okay? Matt McClain came out of UCLA, number one pick last year. They would have determined as a consensus, maybe with Barry Larkin's input, perhaps, I'm not sure who, who would have been in, in, in the conversation, where do we think he should start this year, okay? So once they decided where his skill level would be best competitive and, and best to develop, that's where he's going to go. It doesn't matter whoever else might have thought they should have been in in Chattanooga or would have been in line or would have moved up to that level or, you know, who would have maybe deserved that based on the number one pick sets his own timetable. Then you build around it with the other guys. So there are a few blue chip guys in every organization that they sort of look at and say, okay, where does he belong? We'll put him there and not worry about, availability of roster spots or whoever else might be in the picture. We'll put him where we we think he needs to go. And then 
build around him. With most players, it doesn't really work that way. It's a matter of roster. You, you look at the rosters and the number of bodies and the number of spots, and you say, well, you know, we've already got our outfield filled at Chattanooga. So Quinn Cotton, who was with us last year and led us in home runs, he's back with us because there's not really a spot in, in Chattanooga for another outfielder. Um, so he got bumped back to us. Um, but with these guys that we're talking about, um, Phillips, for example, if they thought he was best suited to go to Daytona, even if there was a roster spot in Dayton in the starting rotation that was unclaimed, unassigned, they would still send him to Daytona. They were going to put him at the level where they think he is best served. And so that makes um, – and I think the fact he, he did play low A last year. Um, He's he's a younger guy. He's, he will be one of the younger starting pitchers in our league. Uh, I think he's, if I'm not uh, mistaken, I think he's like 20, but almost 21. Um, average age for a pitcher in our league is 23. Um, you'll see some 24s, 25s, even a few 26s. Um, but he, so he'll be on the young side and, and experience-wise, again, being a JC guy, he'll be a little younger as well. So, interesting guy to watch. I'm just as anxious to see him as you are because, um, you know, he's a brand-new guy to the organization that no one's seen play. That's all right. Well, hey, Tom, I appreciate you. This, we're going to do this on a monthly basis. we got a lot more coming up. We're going to continue to look at the farm system, but definitely wanted to kind of preview what's going on here with Dayton with all these exciting players coming in, and uh, we'll look to talk to you again soon. Thank you. I look forward also to the other clubs, not just the Dayton Club, and seeing how guys like Austin Hendrick and, and you know some of our guys from last year that are moving up. I mentioned Matt McLean. Uh, Eduardo Salazar was a starting pitcher we had last year that's moving up. Um, uh, Carson Spires was a, n- a nice starting pitcher for us that I think has got a chance to really be good. He's moving up to Daytona. Uh, I'm sorry to Chattanooga. So uh, those are um, some some names that uh, I'm looking forward to watching with some of the other clubs. So uh, thanks for having me. It's always great getting the chance to talk with Tom Nichols, and I'm very glad that we will be having the voice of the Dragons on the podcast on a monthly basis. You're not going to miss it. We will look at the goings-on of the Reds farm system as this seems to be a year in which we should probably pay close attention to what is going on throughout the Reds minor leagues. I'm sure we'll talk to Doug Gray about that as well. It's always good to have Tom Nichols on, though. We're looking forward to more from him. All right, coming up tomorrow, huge show. Locked on NL Central Roundtable. We preview everything going on in the NL Central for 2022. You are not going to want to miss it. Thanks again for making us your first listen. Now go make Locked On MLB Prospects your second listen as Lindsey Crosby is a veritable encyclopedia of prospect knowledge as he looks around the minor leagues and gives you the up-to-date information on the up-and-coming players. He also will talk a little college baseball too. That's the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast, just like Locked On Reds, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We are so close, so very close to opening day. It's just days away at this point. But you can expect that right here, Locked On Reds, we will be Locked On Reds every single day.